So the question is this, how do most agents find the secrets to succeed in today's competitive real estate market, especially when the top agents are keeping those secrets to themselves? That's the question, and this podcast will give you the answer. Hi, I'm Aaron Amuchastegui, and welcome to Real Estate Rockstars. Real Estate Rockstars, this is Aaron Amuchastegui, and happy December. So, hey guys, something really, really big that's going to be going from today's podcast on out is I am back. So, for most of you listeners, uh, in about May, I went on a six month like hiatus. One of my daughters has a medical condition that we've been really, really battling, and it meant that me and my wife were splitting time up in Arkansas and doing all sorts of stuff. And I was not able to continue honoring this podcast and interviewing as much as I would have liked. And there were so many guest interviewers and guest speakers that stepped up. As soon as I reached out and told some people like, hey, I'm struggling with being able to deliver this. There were so many guest speakers that rose the challenge for me and kind of got to honor the podcast and honor the mission and took over so many of those interviews. You know, we had people like Courtney Atkinson and you know Stephanie Heiser and Caleb Spears and Elliot Hoyt and there, you know, and Stephanie Brackett, Kimberly Mazurb and Kelly Skevel. That as we asked, like, hey, can you do some interviews for me? They stepped up, did the guest interviews, and man, I so appreciate it. And what's funny is I got to become a listener for a lot of that time too. I got to actually pull up the podcast when I did have time and get to listen to see what you guys were on here talking about. And so over the next, we still have some previous recordings that'll get released over the next kind of few weeks from some of those guest speakers, but everything that's getting, getting recorded from here on out is going to be back uh, to being me. So I'm glad I'm back. I'm glad I'm back in my home studio. And it's such a great time uh, to be back because the real estate world is hard. The real estate world has changed. It's absolutely changed uh, with everything that we're seeing out there. And it's a different type of hard. Real estate was hard a year ago because it was hard to get your offer accepted. You know, real estate was hard, you know, four or five years ago because it would be normal for an offer to a house to be on the market for three or four months without a price drop and finally get the full price offer. It's just really, you know, confusing. And it's hard now because buyers that want to buy can't afford what they used to be able to buy. And you know, I heard somebody describe it as like, you know, uh, sellers are still in 2021, 2022, you know, thinking that their price is here. And buyers are thinking the market's like 2009 and they're ready to offer like 30 cents on the dollar. And, uh, and it really is somewhere in the middle. So this episode right now, this is one of those special best of episode where you listen to a few minutes of every episode that were the interviews in November. And you see if you want to go back and listen to the rest of it. And something as a plug that I want to put right before the mastermind that we talked about, you know, listeners that were around last year. We had a mastermind in May in Austin where 60 or 70 of you guys came out to Austin. We got together. We spent a couple days together. We developed these amazing, amazing relationships. Well, our next mastermind is now three months away. So right after that in May, we booked our spot. We found where we wanted to go in Austin. We we booked it at the Driscoll in, in downtown Austin. We booked our dates. We have all this extra stuff going on, like ferry boat cruises at night, like uh, breakfast workouts, dinner at my office, like some custom VIP things, and all the stuff that we planned. And then I went on my hiatus. So we haven't been talking about it. We haven't been marketing it. And now it is three months away. So if you're interested in learning more about the, the mastermind, I really encourage anybody out there that is looking to learn more about how to crush it this next year. You should come out to the mastermind. Hybendigital.com forward slash mastermind. It's a three-day event. 
We've got all sorts of stuff going on. Uh, we've got a room block set up for discounted hotel rooms too. And it's in the heart of Austin and it's gonna be just a great, great time. And, um, and so I hope that you guys go listen and look and consider coming to join us for that. And we're gonna be releasing more info as it gets closer. But anybody that shows up, I will, I, I can't wait to meet you. I can't wait to hang out with you. I can't wait to talk about your real estate brand. You know, there were, there were five or six people that came to the last one in May that I'd never met before. We met at the Mastermind and we ended up doing an Ironman race together in uh, North Carolina last month. So uh, it leads to these crazy relationships. And I've heard stories of people referring to each other and, and sharing all sorts of stuff. So back to this episode, which is our best of November. I'm going to go through what we've got. So here is our first episode. Here's a few minutes of episode 1095, leading by example for strong real estate sales. This was 70 Bracket interviewing Susanna Madrano. I now have jumped the fence, as they say, into now going into an area where everything I learned in four years of kind of boot camp, you know, like total things, you know, in in it, not on it, right? Now I have yeah. the opportunity to work on it with all these other 18 other like-minded team owners and helping them scale from, you know, it's, we, we call it essentially the early climb, then kind of like that awkward teenager, right? When you kind of figure it out and then have like explosive growth. And so where we, where we like to take people is, you know, from 50 transactions to 300, to 500 and then all of us are you know always hopeful to get to that thousand which i ended up helping our team do in austin my last year within um within the model so uh, that's what i've been working on is just really helping team owners understand that if the only way that they can light up their team is if they themselves are lit so you know starting from the minute that they walk out of their car going into that office, they better bring intentional energetic presence and energy or why, why should people show up? You know, if, if I'm expecting them to do something, I sure as hell be doing it the same. I, I should also be grinding and, and doing it the same. So, you know, during that whole time, and I'll never forget it was, it was literally March, Friday the 13th, when I was coming <laughs> out of an executive meeting and the city of Austin had just enforced the fact that starting Monday, everybody had to be at home. Like nobody was allowed in the offices, like you'd get fined, all those wonderful things. And so we had to pivot into the, you know, virtual aspect, which a lot yep. of teams, a lot of people aren't set up for that, right? Like right. showings, all that. So we had to reinvent the wheel on all of it. But the most important part of it, Stephanie, was how can I still inject energy into my team, even in this kind of setting? Right. And what I found is I had to get up early. I had to put on the Susana. I had to put on my cowboy boots. I'm, I'm known to wear my cowboy boots. Send <laughs> the entire team a picture of my Lucases. What are you wearing today? It better not be Crocs. It better not be house shoes. Like, let's go. Right, right. right. And we just had consistent like Google link communication as a team and so that we would stay in each other's presence so that we could still focus on the main thing, which is prospecting. Okay. So tell me if you had like a magic pill that you could use to remove one source of pain from the agents that they're feeling today, what would that be? If there was a pill that I could give them, it would relieve their sense of fear. I think Ooh. there's, I think there's a lot of fear. And in that, I think their fear is because of the uncertainty that is the very thing we're telling our clients not to do, our sellers, don't <laughs> listen to the news, don't listen to the Fed. 
We got to tell our agents the same thing because they are freaking out and there's fear. But in that, you know, as a leader, I and we have to lead the charge that this is nothing. We're still going to get up. We're still going to give it hell. We're still going to make stuff happen. Buyers are going to buy. Sellers are going to sell. It's just one other little thing that happens and it'll correct itself when it's supposed to. But if you're not showing up every day, then if you're so fearful that you can't even show up, yeah, I wish I had a pill to to fix that because you and I know what's coming. Uh, uh, there's rainbows already coming around the horizon, like it is, yep. Yep. and it's last team standing. And I want oh, my team to be the last team standing. Definitely, I think yep. these are just simple, just fundamental things that we as humans learn early on, and I think some of us or some leaders out there try to overcomplicate things. And then you have also agents that try to reinvent the wheel, thinking that they, they can cut corners, even though there's been 5,000 books re- written about what to say on the phone. Like, right. and you think you're <laughs> going to say something different and you think you're going to book that appointment, but yet there's all these yeah. people behind me that yep. have there's written proven methods, proven <laughs> systems, proven models, just do the things, just do the things. There's it's, no easy button. There's no, you can't go to Staples and buy the easy button. It no. doesn't exist. No. It's not easy, but it does become easy. And you and I know that, right? It does become easy. And yeah, there's still ebbs and flows, but it's that first year of just going full on, all out, trusting the system and surrendering and not being fearful. If, if, If agents are able to do that, they're gonna be okay. All right, if you like that one, go back and listen to the rest of episode 1095, Leading by Example for Strong Real Estate Sales. Next up, here's a few minutes from episode 1096 from Real Estate Law to Real Estate Sales with Brett Rosenthal. So this was uh, the interview of guest host Caleb Spears interviewing Brett. Here's a few minutes of that one. I really do think so many realtors do fall into that trap of just wanting to be the expert so bad and prove what they know so bad that they just almost word vomit about a house or a neighborhood or your house is worth this much because of these reasons. These, have you found that in your, your prospecting scripts, whether it's your texts, emails, phone calls, is it, do you tend to base things more on, on the, uh, the value proposition of, of real estate based stuff, or do you tend to try to take the more relational approach and kind of engage them on that, that friendship or more human level? Definitely the more, the more human, um, I don't know. Everything I see is just right now with any agent is talking about how the rates are going crazy and I just try to stay away from that because everybody knows that by now and if you could still if you could get in there and talk to people about other things um, meet them even if it doesn't work out now they're going to remember that you weren't the one guy complaining about the rates um, and in two years they, they might call you so yeah it's it's more relational more like getting in front of them and just meeting them um, even like, like I don't know I'm a little different I some realtors won't meet people if they're not pre-approved, um, to me, I will because at some point I think they're going to get pre-approved. I won't spend my year with them, but you know, I definitely like to meet everybody one way or the other. Yeah, absolutely. So, are you then when you're doing your your cold calling or prospecting, however you're going about it, is your goal to set the appointment and to see someone face to face? Yes. See, well, I so, love so I, that. Yeah. See, I like. I'd say I'm. 80% listings um, right now. So for me, yeah, I want to come out there and meet them and see the house and stuff like that. 
Hey, real estate rock stars. This is Aaron Buchastegui, and I'm interrupting myself to bring you this commercial break from one of our sponsors. There's somebody I've been looking at for a long time, and when they reached out to me, I said, yes, we have to be able to do this deal. So that sponsor is Follow Up Boss. There's a lot of superstars out there that use Follow Up Boss. What's your favorite CRM? We're using Follow Up Boss. We use Follow Up Boss. So we use Follow Up Boss. I love Follow Up Boss. I love it. We have action plans now for bringing on new agents. We have action plans for our recruiting. Uh, we call them action plans and follow-up boss, which will trigger tasks for the agents to do as far as calling. Follow-up boss, I like more for the integrations with everything, MailChimp, call action, all those different products. I will say we used Sync and we switched from Sync to follow-up boss. Honestly, the greatest CRM I've ever used, I've used Rivity, Sync. I've looked at Boomtown, like Real Geeks, just a bunch of different ones. But me personally, I fell in love with Fub about like seven months ago when I first started using it. I've used Boomtown, I've used LineDesk, I've used Conversion, and I think Follow Up also gives you the most integrations mm -hmm. that are simple, and it gives you the best ability to go and integrate large things into one single solitary platform, yet at the same time, it's still affordable. I do like follow-up boss better just because it you can text from the app and things like that. It's just a little more convenient for me. Um, it tracks everything that I need. I can customize it if I want. If I want to go smart list-based, that's fine. If I want to go task-based, it's fine. I think it's one of the best systems and it's very user-friendly. It just really helps me never drop a ball because it's so user-friendly. I don't have a one horse in the race with follow-up boss. Purely objective. Follow-up boss has been the best one that we've found. Now I've used Follow Up Boss. We've actually used it in our non-real estate businesses as well because it's so good at being able to set timers, set automatic texting and emailing. So here's what we got. For Real Estate Rockstars listeners, you get a 30-day free trial. That's normally 14 days. So in order to get this, you go followupboss.com, just like it sounds, forward slash rockstars. Go there, get your 30-day free trial and check it out. Especially if you aren't using any systems or any CRMs yet, this will be a great one for you to start with. Thanks again. Now back to our show. Yeah, no, 100%. And that's, um, that's something that we've been really harping on with our agents too, because we were actually talking with uh, someone who worked at Zillow and he said something like eight out of 10 buyers, and, and I'm sure for sellers, it's probably even more. It's eight out of 10 buyers will close their, their transaction with the first agent they meet in person. So they might engage a couple of them via text, they might talk on the phone, but they will close almost always with the person they actually meet face-to-face. -face. We get a ton of people on this podcast that are newer in their career what are some of the tips that you could give to someone that's just starting out that would help them grow and, and maybe save some of the growing pains that you and I went through as new agents or, um, you know, just any of those things that can maybe help them jumpstart their career? Um, yeah. So I would say don't be all real estate. Show people who you are as a person um, along with real estate. Um, I would say, don't just listen to people who have been doing this forever. Um, find a few friends that are new to it also, and you can compare stories and situations and see what's working for newer people. Um, and then just finding ways to be unique and different than every other agent out there. Uh, the good news is I've found with the younger people, they, that's easy for them. 
Um, so if they're working hard and they use some of these other methods that maybe someone who's doing this for 25 years doesn't use, it's a step up for them. Um, and they also have uh, friends who are within a couple of years are going to be buying houses. So I think it's like a good place to be at as a realtor. Yeah. So some of those other methods, is that like the TikTok, Instagram reels route? Yeah, or tic is it TikTok, getting your name on the internet as much as possible um, as a person and also as your job. Um, the more you're on Google in some way, shape or form, the more people are going to have a chance of finding you. And I think so many people just don't think that's like significant. But when you get calls randomly daily from people who just found you, um, it, it's a big lead source that I think a lot of people just ignore. All right. If you want to go hear the rest of episode 1096 with Caleb Spears interviewing Brett Rosenthal, there you go. Next up, here's episode 1097. This was Stephanie Heiser interviewing Jonathan Dempsey on the art of selling short-term rentals, which is something that Stephanie really has a passion for too. Here's a few minutes of that one. It's so cool how real estate can change your life. So I'm assuming you've got to be a really good agent. What makes a good agent specifically for short-term rental investors? Yeah, sure. And I think this goes the same for house hacking or any type of niche that you want to get into. If you're going to be an agent and advocating for people to, to take out mortgages or to buy things with a ton of cash, you need to be doing that same thing yourself. Um, so as an investor myself, it's a lot easier to convince people of what a good purchase is versus a bad one because my money is where my mouth is. And I think that's going to hold true for any agent in any market. Um, if you're trying to get someone to buy in Joshua Tree, you live there so you can vouch for the market and what it's like. Um, it would be much harder for me to sell in that market. Yeah, well, I think a few years ago, probably you wouldn't have needed to know anything about Joshua Tree. You could have convinced anyone. <laughs> in real estate, we have so many avenues of success. So that's my other favorite thing is you can make your business exactly what you want it to be. And you've done that. And you're like so chill and zen and so successful. It's so amazing to see people making their dreams come true. Yeah, it's, it's been a lot of fun. I've definitely put in my, my fair share of the 12 to 16 hour days. Uh, and I don't, I don't regret them, actually. I think it's really important uh, when you're kickstarting yourself to get ahead. And then, like you said, it's important to step back and, and realize that you're doing that and to question if that's what you still want to be doing um, so that you can find that balance as well. But your business is definitely a reflection of who you are. Um, your to me, like reputation is everything. Um, so it's, it's always more than just about selling a house. Um, it's, it's about helping your clients get an investment that you would purchase yourself. It's about putting yourself in their shoes, um, making every decision as if, it, as if it was your own and putting the commission aside. And if you're just helping as many people as you can, the commissions will follow. Um, and I think that's what my clients appreciate. The last three Zoom calls I got on with out-of-state investors, they had been kind of doing their own tours and just investigating a bunch of different markets. They've interviewed realtors in uh, the Smoky Mountains. They've checked out markets in Florida. Um, and usually within like 15 minutes of the phone call, they stop me to tell me that they're very thankful that they found me and that I just seem more real than everyone else has and more informative. Uh, but that's because I just love what I do. Um, I love the market that I'm in. I live in the market that I'm in. Um, I can I can personify it without like stretching the truth and I can uh, be straight up with the returns that you get and highlight the returns that you'll get in other markets. 
not that one is better than the other, but I think it's it's really helpful that I can just highlight why Florida might be a better market than the Poconos. And it all depends on the position that you're in. Um, I think every market has its place um, and every investor has a different set of needs. Like some might be more uh, akin to cash flow. Some might be more preferring of uh, trying to get an increase in equity and be in a market that doesn't cash flow. So their taxes aren't affected, but they can get the yeah. long-term wealth. Yeah, that's a really super smart point as well. All right, if you like that one, go listen to the rest of episode 1097 of Steph Heiser interviewing Jonathan Dempsey. Next up, here's a few minutes of episode 1098. There's a special guest host, Stephanie Brackett, interviewing Jason Griggs from school teacher to top real estate investor. Here's a few minutes of that one. So for new agents that are like, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm a new agent, I'm selling real estate, which of course we all know the income from selling real estate is not consistent unless you yep. have been in the business quite some time. Mm-hmm. And they're, they're thinking, I, wa- I want to invest in real estate. I want to be like you and buy yep. real estate. Where do they start? Where can they start? What's some really easy steps that they can do to start buying their first investment property? So what I did, and I, I highly recommend all new agents or just normal agents, is you have to understand your rental market that you're in. And okay. then if you see a good opportunity, you could partner with a client. And so okay. what I did was I partnered with my first ever client, which is my cousin Joe, back in New York. And he was like, find us a little house. And we, we found a house. And the numbers made sense of our mortgage is 1000 We're going to rent it for 1500 And we split the down payment. And I'm here and I run the rental property and we just kept snowballing that idea and we just kept doing it over and over again. So to answer your question, I would I would partner with someone. It's maybe okay. somebody who has a few rental properties, somebody who's a little bit more experienced. And then it's your job as the agent to find the good deal. Find the deal. trust you because you're in the market, you're in the space. Yeah. Yeah. You find the deals. You see everything coming across the MLS. You get, like you said, people that it's not even on the MLS. They're reaching out to you and you can go find a partner and say, Hey, I've got a great deal. This property's 20% below market value. I think we can rent it for this. Do you want to partner with me? We'll pick it up. Yep, that's it. It's not rocket science, but that's, that's, it's so easy. But okay. I don't know why a lot of agents aren't in, in the rental business or the flipping business. It doesn't make sense to me because I always say, if you're going to see a good opportunity, why are you going to give it off to somebody else? Yeah. Why wouldn't you take advantage of it? Why if you're doing you all the work it? to find it and do all the research. So that's how I feel. I get asked all the time, hey, send me the you know your best deal. Call me. And I'm like, no. No, I'm buying it. <laughs> I'm buying it. Like your competition yeah. with me. And yeah. so that's why I've been successful with it. Yeah. It's incredible. You know, we, on my old real estate team, we were on a huge team and, um, you know, we're running profitability and we're making as much of a flip business where we're buying and fixing up and selling properties as we are in our regular residential real estate business where we're oh, selling wow. 700 homes a year, right. the same profit margin for flipping 30 homes as for selling 700. So if real estate agents really want to start building wealth, they need to be in the sandbox where they're playing in all day long. You know, I like, I never heard that one, but I like that. <laughs> I, yeah. My analogy is you got to be in the pool to swim. That's right. That's right. That's right. Okay. So tell me what's your primary strategy like for what, what constitutes a good deal in your mind? What, what do you see? And you're like, that's a deal. I'm going to look into that. <clears throat> well, you, you have to get good on the buy meaning. So you, you want to buy at a good price. So if a home's 300,000, I would look to try and get it for 225,000. 
Okay. So a nice gap of, you know, your buy price versus what it's worth. And then I'll run the rental side of the coin. If I buy it for that 225, my mortgage will be 1200 bucks a month. Can I rent that thing out for 2000 a month? Real estate rock stars. This is Aaron Muchastegui. Thank you for letting me interrupt for a second. I've got something really, really important to talk about. You know how last year we kept talking about that mastermind? What is the mastermind? What are we talking about with that mastermind? Last May, there was like 60 or 70 people of you listeners that had never met, flew out to Austin, Texas. We all hung out at this awesome event center and we spent a couple days with some great guest speakers talking about skills and strategies to succeed in real estate. And then we had these mastermind tables where everyone rotated, everyone got to meet everybody, everyone got to provide value. Some of the agents there had only done one or two deals ever. Some of the agents there had done hundreds of deals and they all got to interact and help each other build their business and build their strategies. And I've heard so many stories of friendships that came from that, of referrals that have come from that. There were six or seven people at that one that heard me talk about doing an Ironman and we all did an Ironman together in in North Carolina last month and we had never even met before the podcast live. So the it was it's, it's been such such a cool experience. The I would love it for you guys to come. Days March 6 through 8. The signups right now go to hybendigital.com forward slash mastermind. We also have a room block set up. It's three days downtown Austin. Great, really cool hotel, really cool uh, convention center that we're going to be hosting it. And we're going to get a chance to, I can't wait to meet you guys. I can't wait for you to meet other listeners. I can't wait for you to develop these new interactions. And really what we're teaching, yeah, last year it was like, how do you make a business better? But the market was just starting to turn. And I was trying to give some people some advice of what to do when it, when it was happening. Now it has turned. And this time we're going to be talking so much about how to pivot and what to do next. So uh, again, I hope you signed up for the mastermind. Sorry for such the long advertisement, but I can't wait to meet you. Ibendigital.com forward slash mastermind. Okay. Con- you know, consistently. Yep. And so we'll get more into the short-term rental stuff, but that's all the rental game is. You're okay. trying to buy into equity and you're trying to make sure that the property cash flows on top of that. And that's right. just extra money so you could pay off your houses quicker. All right. And if you like that one, be sure to go listen to the rest of episode 1098. Next up, here's a few minutes of episode 1099. Prepare for Life's Curveballs with Better Business Organization by Rachel Snodgrass and special guest host Stephanie Heiser. What are we talking about today? What is our message? So, Before we begin, I really want to uh, do a shout out to everyone that has put off having a mammogram. (laughs) I used to roll my eyes when people would say that. I faithfully got one every year, but I'd be like, well, this doesn't apply to me because I am not a candidate for breast cancer. I don't live that lifestyle. I don't smoke. I've done all the things you're not supposed to do. Um, It doesn't run in my family either. So I was really shocked a few months ago when I got the diagnosis of having a very fast growing tumor and into my lymph nodes. So after the shock wore off, I thought, you know, I have this real estate business that I've worked very hard at growing. I'm very hands-on in my community. I like to be seen. And I've sort of been basically uh, solitude a lot now, but my business has not suffered. And I sort of like to share you know, how I made that happen. I think it's really important as realtors, we work really hard at building these businesses. And when something like this comes along, it doesn't have to be cancer. It can be, 
you know, a number of things, maybe a sick child like Aaron or, you know, taking, having to take care of a parent or something like, how can we keep, keep our, keep the momentum of our business going and still navigate for me, it's an ill, you know, an illness and all of it, I believe begins in the, in your, with your mindset, everything begins in the mind. So I, um, one of the things I did with my very first uh, treatment, chemo treatment, and I don't call it chemo. I don't like that word. <laughs> it's a bad word. It's a bad word. It just sounds, you know, uh, it just sounds negative. So I embraced my Native American roots and I call it wild fox medicine. So on my first wild fox medicine treatment, I made sure that that day I was closing an escrow and opening an escrow as I was having my treatment just to keep my mind off things you know? and to show my customers I'm still around. It's not the most important thing. Taking care of yourself and resting is the number one way before business or anything else. So, um, but that was important to me to show, Hey, I'm still here and I'm working through this for my clients and my customers to become friends. Aside from life's curveballs and having, um, I don't know, a health bump in the road, what other tips or tricks have helped you be so successful in your real estate career? I think um, just being very knowledgeable, especially I have a niche market, although I do work in other places, just to really know your market for us is all about water um, there's water rights, there's, you know, all types of, um, flood zones and just knowing the area that's really important. But I think what supersedes that is caring about your clients and, and, um, being there, you know, the customer service is about being transparent and being able to answer questions. If you don't know the question, find it. So to me, it's really about the people. It's a very scary um, time for a lot of people. We do it every day, and they do it once every eight years or 30 <laughs> yeah. years or something. So to be really hands-on and care about your clients, you know, that that is what has helped me, I think, the most because I truly, passionately care about them. All right. If you want to go listen to the rest of that one, be sure to go hit the rest of episode 1,099. Next up, episode 1,100. Can you believe we've had 1,100 podcasts, by the way? And really with the state of the market, we probably, that probably means we've had about 1,200 podcasts uh, that we have published here over the past many, many years. So this one was special guest host, Elliot Hoyt, uh, how to run a real estate business while working a full-time job, and he interviewed Matt Witte. And uh, I've been teaching full-time math slash business slash real estate courses since 1999 and decided to jump into real estate in 2012. And, and I've uh, been doing full-time real estate and full-time teaching since. Wow. Yeah, that's, that's impressive. I mean, let's be honest, a lot of us, you know, real estate professionals out there, it's hard enough for us to do real estate normally, right? How, how, how the heck do you balance up being able to do basically two full-time jobs? Yeah, I don't know. It's uh, certainly take a life of its own. I started as a single agent. And I, I was pretty excited when I got my first commission check for $7,500 and I thought I was rich and, and it was a great thing. And uh, slowly but surely things kind of escalated and I, I ended up starting a team 
more out of necessity. So I guess the key really was outsourcing. I started to outsource a little bit at a time and having, you know, phenomenal support and, and, and people at the office and office managers and marketing people and, and just trying to let go of all that control. Cause I think that's a really difficult thing to do as a single agent is to let things go as they start to branch off. Um, I think if I stayed as a single agent, I would just been burned out at some point. Yeah, I could, I could see that for sure. So what is it that even made you think I could do this? What is it that made you think, oh, I'm, I'm going to do two jobs? And did, did it ever cross your mind that maybe this wasn't a good idea? Or was it always in, in the plan to do it this way? Uh, I was very, very uh, fortunate because my wife was super supportive of this whole situation because, you know, to, to put the number of hours in I needed to do to get this thing off and running was going to be a lot of dedication. So I had the family support, which was, was enormous. And I... I always felt in the back of my mind, I, I'm almost embarrassed to say I was a part-time agent. I never wanted to say that. And it's it's got that stigma in the industry and from consumers that, you know, I mean, imagine going to a doctor and they say, I do this part-time. You'd be very uncomfortable with the surgery, you know? So I looked at it the same way. So I never really said much about it. I never wanted anyone to know. And now it would be a lie if I said I was a part-time agent. Yeah, yeah, you, you definitely obviously leverage some systems here, which we're going to pretty dig into here as we kind of go along. But um, you, you're pretty dialed in, then you got a plan here. I like that. Um, yeah, yeah, it's, 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 that, that transition for a lot of people is tough, right? You go from being independent to, like you said, you kind of got to relinquish some of the reins a little bit, and you got to build out a team that can kind of support you. And obviously, in your case, it had to be you know support on steroids because you have to go and do the day job, so to speak, right? Right, exactly, exactly. It would have been a much different animal if you if we spoke three years ago. This interview would have been over in about five minutes. So. <laughs> <laughs> why, do you, why, why do you say that? Well, because there's, there's so much learning. It was a big learning curve to start a team. You know what I mean? So how do you recruit? And how do you get people? And how do you retain? And how do you show the value that they that they really deserve, so they don't feel as though they're getting poached on? You know. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's that that's something that I mean I struggle with too. I'm a broker and own my own brokerage, and we run a lot more like a team. It's not mm -hmm. your kind of traditional like hang your license, do your own thing. We're very collaborative. Right. But that's something I think all the time is is how can you give as much value as possible, right? How can I help these people? Because at the end of the day, they're you're, they're guaranteed to leave you and and not return that investment of time if you don't help them. Yeah. So you may as, you, you may as well do something on the way, right? Right, 100%. Yeah, spot on. You really need to show that value to retain. All right, if you liked the sound of that one, you should go back and listen to the rest of episode 1100. And that is a wrap. That's a wrap for the best of November episode. You know, uh, rock stars, real estate rock star listeners, the, as always, I really, really appreciate you. I appreciate that you guys are still here that you're still learning and you're still listening. And for those of you that joined the podcast for the first time since May, and maybe you've heard my voice on the intros and you've heard my voice on the ads and you're like, who is this guy? I look forward to you guys getting to hear me more and to hear these interviews and all these tips so I can develop a friendship and a relationship with you guys too. So as always, Real Estate Rockstars, thanks for listening. All right, real estate rock stars. This is Aaron Muchastegui jumping in again to thank you for listening to the show. Hopefully you guys loved listening to that one. And I want to make sure that you know about all of the extra resources that we have. And also we need your help. They say podcasts are free. You get to listen to podcasts for free. But what is the cost of that podcast? I would say if I could beg you to pay anything for that podcast, 
I would say the cost of the podcast is going and giving a review. So whether you download it on Google or Apple or YouTube or anywhere else, please go give us a review. Say what you liked, what you didn't like. It helps us get better guests. The more reviews, the higher we get in the rate rankings. Right now, we are the biggest podcast out there for real estate agents, and we want to keep that spot because we know there's lots of podcasts out there. So go give us a review. Also, be sure to go to hybendigital.com. If you liked any of the resources that those real estate agents talked about, we've got a huge video vault of those resources for free. Every penny that comes on the podcast that we interview, they give us something that helps them get their deals or helps them work with their clients, and we put that in the toolbox in our vault for you. So go to hybendigital.com and you can get it. If you're looking for real estate education, go to rebusuniversity.com. We have all sorts of courses in there to help agents succeed in real estate. How to get the listing, how to negotiate deals, you know, how to become an investor, all sorts of different stuff, rebusuniversity.com. And if you want to chat with me, go find me on Instagram. If you come find me on Instagram, you can send me messages. Tell me what you want to hear. Tell me what you liked, what you didn't like. We try to put a bunch of content out there, too. You can find me in two different places. It's at rerockstars.com for our Real Estate Rockstars page or at erinamuchastegui.com for my personal Instagram page where I can chat with you about all sorts of different things. Thanks for listening. We'll see you again soon. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.